0: Approaching two-beat of the ambulance's siren slipped into Brunetti's consciousness. Good Lord, what had he done? He'd hoped to create a momentary distraction to stop Puccetti from attacking the man, but things had got out of control entirely, and now he was on the floor with Puccetti feigning CPR and Lieutenant Scarpa offering to help. Would they try to find Vianello? Or call Paola? She'd been asleep when he left that morning, so they hadn't spoken. He hadn't considered the consequences of his behavior, had done the first thing he thought would save Puccetti. He could have blamed it on not having slept last night, or having slept too much, because of what he'd eaten or not eaten. Too much coffee, no coffee. But he'd gone too far by falling against Puccetti. And here they were— and here was the ambulance crew. Footsteps, noise, Puccetti gone, different hands, mask over his nose and mouth, hands under his ankles and shoulders, stretcher, ambulance, siren, the calming up-and-down motion of the water, slow slide into the dock, bumbling about, transfer to a harder surface, the sound of wheels on marble floors as he was rolled through the hospital. He peeked through slitted eyes and saw the automatic doors and the huge red cross of Pronto Soccorso. Inside, he was wheeled quickly past reception and parked alongside the wall of a corridor. After some time, he heard footsteps approach. Someone slipped a pillow under his head while another person put something around his wrist. A blanket was placed over him and pulled to his waist and then the footsteps moved away. Brunetti lay still for minutes, eyes tightly closed until he remembered he had to think of a way to put an end to this. He couldn't jump up and pretend to be Lazarus, nor could he push the blanket aside and step down from the bed, saying he had to get back to work. He lay still and waited. He lapsed into something approaching sleep and was awakened by movement. He opened his eyes and saw that he was in a small examination room, a white uniformed nurse lowering the sides of his rolling bed. Before he could ask her anything, she left the room. Very shortly after this, a woman wearing a white jacket entered the room and approached his bedside without speaking. Their eyes met and she nodded. He noticed that she carried a plastic folder. She reached out her hand and touched his, turned it over and felt for his pulse. She looked at her watch, made a note in the file, then peeled down his lower eyelid, still saying nothing. He stared ahead. Can you hear me? she asked. Brunetti thought it wiser to nod than to speak. Do you feel any pain? He looked up at the woman. "'saw her name tag, but the angle prevented him from reading it. "'A little,' he whispered. "'She was about his age, dark-haired. "'Her skin was dry, her eyes weary and wary. "'Where?' "'My arm,' he said, "'having a vague memory that one sign of a heart attack "'was pain in one of the arms. "'The left, he thought. The woman made a note. After a moment she turned away from him and slipped the file into a clear plastic holder attached to the top rail of his bed. "'Can you tell me what's happened, Dottoressa?' he asked, thinking that was the sort of thing a person would ask if he'd been taken to the hospital in an ambulance. She turned back to him and saw her name—Dottoressa Sanmartini. Her expression was so neutral that Brunetti wondered if she knew she was speaking to a human being. Your vital signs, she began, pointing to his file suspended from the bed, offer a wide range of interpretation. She closed her eyes for a moment and took a deep breath. Then she looked across at him, this time appearing to notice him. What work do you do? I am a commissario of police, he answered. Ah.